I'd written CSS, but honestly, I was doing it wrong. And it's sort of like doing the test. I was like, I, I was like, I am not qualified for this job. They give you a test? Yes. A like written a, test. A actually. written test. Yeah. So, so you printed out paper and said, write CSS. Yep. Wow. How many bits in an int? How many bits in a long? Uh, there were actually like, um, there were actually some like puzzles, you know, sort of the like finish the sequence, like that kind of like logic puzzle yeah. stuff. So you did the test. You felt maybe underqualified. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Right? So what, and, what happens? After uh, they rejected me. Okay. What? Yes. Uh, Whoa, plot twist. Yeah. And then, um, then a few months went by and they couldn't find anyone to hire. <laughs> And because they knew, and this is like Check a true story, you, which is also like a, for, for people in tech, it's like, it's always good to, to make friends because mm-hmm. friends can really help you. Hey everyone, you're listening to The Red Show, our show where we talk about the tactical nitty gritty of how anyone can build a successful career in tech. I'm your host, Randy Brown, along with Kirk Fernandez. Hello. We're the co-founders of Merit. Merit is a free service to connect folks in software teams to senior leaders to grow their craft and career. Feel free to check us out at get-merit.com. Today we're joined by Will Howard. Hello. Hey, Will. Will's a, Will's a coach on Merit, and uh, this year Will co-founded Do What Works, which provides companies with data and insights to help them run better tests faster. Before that, he was a director of engineering at Meetup, where over 11 years, he hired an unknowable number of engineers <laughs> and led various teams of 5 to 30 people. How do you not know the number of people, Will? How do I not know the number of people I hired? Because I worked there for 11 years. Wow. Uh, and about eight of those years in as a man, as a hiring manager. So Wait, wait. You worked at Meta for 11 years? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, you must have literally yeah. met every engineer in New York at that point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did so, like, that's, I did so many interviews, and it's a lot of hiring. Yeah. I mean... How'd you end up there and stay there for 11 years? That's an that's a unusual number. That's like the most impressive thing that you've done, is stay yeah. at a job for 11 years. <laughs> yeah, it's a, long, it's a long time to be uh, at a place. And the reason was that um, mostly is my career kept progressing, and I kept being given different, like basically different challenges to do, and that's why I ended up staying. And also like the mission of the company and people at the company is, you know, also doesn't hurt. Was that your first job? No. Um, it was actually, so this is ridiculous. It was my second job. I stayed at my first job for six years. Wow. So you're, well, you're, yeah. well, you're a man of commitment. I, know. <laughs> I really applaud uh, you. Uh, yeah. yeah. So what, what was your first job? My first job was, um, a, I was the, a web developer. Um, I think my first title was actually web assistant. Oof. I've never uh, even heard this. This the, is a long time ago. Assistant to the web manager. Yeah. Right. Uh, Webmaster, web actually. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real title. Um, so I, uh, um, but so my first job was at a, it was actually at a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Cool. And uh, the thing that I will say about this that was not great is for a lot of that time, I was the only engineer. So you're the web assistant but you weren't even the webmaster well but when you i was the, the web, web assistant there was a webmaster oh, okay. so there were two of us which was good okay it's but like, for yeah. some of that period it was like just me and i made flash games um for cool. kids yeah. about educational stuff yeah and uh and also built a content manager system in Fla- php flash is really an underparalleled like time of creative creativity in yeah the really world. Yes. like so many things have birthed out of flash right yeah. yeah um so wait you were the assistant and then the master Eventually. No, assistant, and then just web developer. <laughs> web developer. Yeah. And it was all like front end stuff? 
Uh, no, front end and back end. So the content management system is all back end. Um, I, uh, the first back end code I wrote was in Perl. Wow. Uh, well, I'm learning so much in this interview. Yeah. It's you want 11 to hear years, about, like, six years. You mentioned Perl. You said the word webmaster. Yeah. I got my wow. first job. Uh, part of the reason that I ended up staying was my original plan was uh, I got an internship there and they offered me a job. And I took the job, and I was like, it was the year 2000. I yeah. was like, I'm going to go west. I'm going to learn some skills. I'm going to go west and have a, a job. And then um, what 2001 What happened. happened in 2001 again? Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, well a lot of things. Um, but, you know, then the whole the whole web economy, the whole internet economy crashed, and uh, it was pretty bad. And the economy as well. And 9-11. So, you know. It was not a, not a good year. Not, not a good time not a great for, year, for, uh, for stuff. Um, and then, uh, then the reason that I ended up staying there was more about, um, I mean, I liked, I liked the company, but I also got to work remotely from New York cool. in the early 2000s because it was in, based in DC. Uh, but, um, I wanted to move to New York and actually like went to my boss's office and was like, I quit moving to New York. And they were like, what if you just, um, like worked from New York <laughs> and we'll like have you down on the train like once a month. Uh, for a couple days, and you're like, I didn't think that far ahead, of right? And I was like, this, yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, this sounds great I because I, for. yeah, uh, I, and then I moved to the Bronx with my brother for uh, three months. What was it like living in the Bronx? It was fine. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Bronx is all right. That's a uh, that's pretty avant garde to be in 2001 and to be a fully remote. That's yeah, a, that's ahead yeah. of the curve, right? Yeah, I feel yeah. like you, you were early on everything, like yeah. the internet economy, like webmasters, web, and web <laughs> development. I didn't even have a laptop. I don't think. So how like do you, a, how does one, they well, ship, you're blowing my, you're continually blowing my mind. They actually right? shipped me. I'm in, nine years old, by the way. In this <laughs> it is, I'm actually nine years old. Yeah. Uh, they shipped me a desktop computer. <laughs> so, so you just like show up in the Bronx and there's just a, a new yeah. compact or whatever yeah, yeah, was cool yeah. back then. Yeah. It's like right in front of you. Yeah, actually, I think it might have been a compact. Awesome. I remember compacts. Those are great. Um, yeah. So you're working at a nonprofit. You're in the Bronx with your brother. You have a compact desktop computer. Yep. You're, you're webmastering and or assisting. Right? Yep. <laughs> uh, what what prompts you to to go to Meetup? What's the transition like? Um, I was getting. I could feel that I was really stagnating, um, and so I was looking around. And the reason that Meetup actually came up was my. So after I lived in the Bronx, I moved in with three friends, um, which is kind of the reason I moved to New York because all my friends lived in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and one of the, one of my friends was a really early employee at Meetup. Um, and Meetup has a history of actually a lot of really long tenured uh, people. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of people that worked there for many, many years. Yeah. So I knew I was stagnating and uh, I wanted to, I wanted to be challenged more. And um, I've been doing a lot of backend coding actually at that point, And so uh, my friend told me about a job at Meetup that was all front-end stuff. And so I did a ridiculous thing and was like, I'm going to totally get that job. And I went and interviewed. And I really did not know CSS to the level that I needed to for that yeah. job. But does anyone know CSS? Exactly. I'm That's still, exactly I'm how still, I feel. And My not, life is one big div that I'm trying to center over and, not, <laughs> and over and over again. And it's always slightly off. Uh, and not only, not only that though, um, but it was, this is the time when, you know, IE five was still a thing on Mac and you had to do these special things where you do like a slash star, which would like make the thing only show up in IE five. Like it was, uh, and those were the kind of things that you actually, they wanted you to know. And I definitely did not know any of that stuff. Uh, I'd written CSS, but honestly I was doing it wrong. And it's sort of like doing the test. I was like, I, I was like, I am not qualified for this job. They give you a test. Yes, 
a written test. A written test. Yeah. So, so you printed out paper and said, write CSS. Yep. Wow. How many bits in an int? How many bits in a long? Uh, there were actually like um, there were actually some like puzzles, you know, sort of the like finish the sequence, like that kind of like logic puzzle yeah. stuff. So you did the test. You felt maybe underqualified. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Right? So what, and, what happens? After uh, they rejected me. Okay. What? Yes. Uh, Whoa, plot twist. Yeah, and then um, then a few months went by and they couldn't find anyone to hire. <laughs> And because they knew, and this is like Checks a true story, you, which buddy. is also like a, for, for people in tech, it's like, it's always good to, to make friends because mm-hmm. friends can really help you. Yeah. Um, what, one of the most common things that happens on Merit if, for people who are job transitioning is they're like, ah, I try putting my resume in through like the, the website. And I'm like, do you have any friends that work at the company? They're like, yeah. It's like, it's just get coffee with your friends. Yeah. And like, just say, like, like talk yeah. about what's up. Who, who is your friend in? Who is the inside person? Uh, it was uh, uh, this person named Keith, who's a backend engineer. Uh, cool. at meetup and then like an engineering director and then he like was remote from berlin and did android development for a long time uh, so cool. meetup is a java shop cool which cool. is also why i didn't want to do backend because i don't like java um so so you failed the test yeah and <laughs> back to your uh, failure you basically failed. <laughs> they they were sort of and i was i felt pretty you know sort of like dejected about the whole thing yeah. and then uh so i basically what ended up happening was um they thought that my JavaScript skills were okay, and so they gave. They ended up uh, because they knew my friend. Mm-hmm. They sort of like reached out and they were like, "Hey, you know, we really liked Will. We liked a lot of stuff about him, except for this one thing." And then they basically decided to give me a take-home test. Oh wow! Which they I did. Te- Meetup yeah, loved yeah. tests. Oh wow. yeah. It's also. A, did a, you have to write a, an essay at one point? A different. <laughs> like it's a slightly <laughs> different time in engineering. I think this was like more normal then. Yeah. Uh, where it's like you had these like really long processes. All these hurdles you have to jump through, right? Um, and so I did the take-home and did amazing on it. Uh, and they were super impressed with the take-home, which is also another thing about like giving people different ways to actually like impress you yeah. Is, yeah. can be really great. Did, uh, did, that inf- like the, did that experience influence you when you were a hiring manager on the other side? Yeah, and in, <laughs> when in fact it actually influenced the entire company and we started oh, wow. doing take-home tests. Um, which also Meetup doesn't do anymore for other reasons. Yeah, there's there's pros there's and good, cons. Yeah, 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 there are good reasons yeah. not to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it actually like really reset. like reset a thing at Meetup where there are like take home tests. Uh, and yeah, I used to have a stat. We used to we, we used to do the in person test though always, which was um, honestly like difficult to finish the entire test in the allotted time. Yeah, like kind of intentionally, which yeah. is like one of those things where it's like that was something that like. I got used to, and then I was like, I don't like this. And we eventually got rid of it. Um, a, a lot of that stuff is like quasi hazing, right? I feel at this point now, yes. that, now that we've all reflected on yeah. it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What does like the the end days of Meetup look like for you? Like, what is the what is the transition out of Meetup? When do you reach that point? Um, I reached that point. So uh, my my last year at Meetup, I um, was given the opportunity to um, spin up a totally new team work on a new product, which is something that I was really excited about. I also like the reason that I did that was that I was feeling a little like stagnated in my role. Um, and I had said no, I had said no to like moving up in management uh-huh. because I, I wasn't really happy. I wasn't happy with sort of like what I was, I wasn't happy with what I was doing there and didn't want to do that and wanted to kind of try something new. And so yeah. In classic meetup fashion, they were like, "Well, why don't you go do this thing?" Uh, and what, then, what was your role? Like, what level of management? Uh, director, you? director. Okay, yeah. And like, how many people are you, were you responsible for? Um, at that time, the team was twenty something. Um, wow. But I had sort of had a roller coaster ride. 
uh, Meetup was without a CTO for about seven or eight months. And I, uh, when the CTO left, I took over a bunch of teams. So I was managing, it's like 35, and like, like, like not managing directly, but had teams of... A, like of manager, manager's manager. point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is what the director role mostly is. Yeah. Uh, and usually like the way that I like to do that is keep a few directs who are super senior and then have managers to manage everybody else who also cool. report to me. Um, so... Yeah. Um, basically, uh, did this new, new app, like a totally new app for a year, mm -hmm. uh, built a small team around that, um, did a lot of really fun stuff. Uh, part of the, part of the reason for that was also to like really ship something really fast. We did the first version in like two months, uh, and like got it out into the app store and all that. All well, that what was stuff. that app? It was called meetup now, uh, what which was it, a, what does it do? It basically, I mean, it's not, it's gone. So we'll uh, get to that part of the rest story. In, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, but basically the idea was uh, if we could create smaller, more local curated meetups around a specific topic and do it every day. Um, so basically like in New York City, there'd be like 10 meetups and it'd be all about the same thing. And you could go to one of these 10 meetups like closest to you. Um, and we'd have someone there who was sort of facilitating. And it was, it was. Basically, the original idea, which we kind of ended up pivoting away from a little bit, was like more based on timely stuff. Yeah. So something that happened in the news that day, yeah. it's like, we'll meet up about that and it'll be like, you'll eat ice cream and talk about the new Avengers movie. You know, something so like that. You get like okay. a push That's notification cool. to be like, here's the meetup for you today right now. Right. Exactly. So uh, it's like, go from Twitter to like real life experiences. Yeah. 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 Right. And so that, and that was sort of the idea. Um, and we ended up shutting it down. Uh, this is like, and then also this is like all during the acquisition. The team actually got funded through the acquisition. Wow. Hmm. And then defunded through the acquisition. Yeah. yeah. As, as happens. Yeah. Uh, that, that sucks. And, uh, and there wasn't any like, you have to leave, but I, I sort of got to that point and then it was like, well, what do you want to do next? And, uh, we were planning a new team that actually the, the team is still working on today. Most of the, most of the same folks on this thing called experiences, yeah. uh, which exists. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so that was like my, which was like the sort of like, uh, experimentation team. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so once the thing got shut down, you know, things had changed a lot at meetup, the, you know, uh, Scott, the CEO was no longer CEO. Uh, and, you know, I was just sort of feeling like I want to do something different, but I don't know what I want to do. Um, and over Christmas, uh, like over the Christmas break, I basically like had a long, good long think about it. And decided I wanted to leave. So I came in like January 4th or whatever, like whatever the like next day back was and talked to my boss and I was like, I'm going to leave by the end of the month. Um, and so we were like, cool. Um, and then actually my last month, we, all we did was brainstorm, uh, what we were going to do, what the team was going to do next. Everyone cool. knew I was leaving. Very cool. Yeah. My last thing I got to do was basically help the team figure out what they were going to do next. Um, and like, and it was pretty exciting. It was, it was fun. So that's a very, very like nice way to leave. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Very optimistic, very forward looking. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's also easy when you're not sure what you're going to do next and you're planning on taking some time off. Yeah. Uh, so cool. Which you don't always get an opportunity to do. Yeah. Like mostly you don't. So what was the next thing you worked on, Mr. Will? Um, the next thing I worked on was a bunch of little things, uh, with some people who had also left Meetup in the relative near future. Like we had some ideas, we kicked them around, we built some prototypes, we talked to some people, uh, none of them ended up like sort of like really working out, mm -hmm. which was kind of the point. Um, and then I also joined Orbital during that time. Uh, and so as a place to work. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and uh, and then uh, my uh, my current co-founder and I sort of hit on this idea of helping people uh, with split tests, and uh, because of that, um, we we basically did some prototypes and collected some data um, and showed some stuff with some people and people were excited about it. And so we decided we should move forward and uh, actually get some customers. And we did. Awesome. I, I guess uh, since you've hired a lot of people, been hired, failed a test, had to take a take home, yeah. writing CSS on paper. That wrote a personal essay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess what what trends have stayed consistent in like just that recruiting process, and, you know, on both sides. Like as someone like applying for a job and someone like actually administering those those tests, and which ones have like changed and, and like then the swab is like kind of just seeing like which ones you think are going to change again. It, it's it's funny because I feel like almost everything. You know what hasn't really changed is the idea of a phone screen. Yeah, of just talking to someone. Yeah, of talking yeah. to someone for thirty minutes and like, before can you, have you actually a conversation? bring them in. What's yeah, yeah. your background? Just right, basic stuff like that. Right, yeah. exactly. Uh, right, and like, like ask a couple. Gathering, right? right, ask a couple yeah. questions about stuff on your resume. Yeah, just to see like, does this person like? Yeah, are they accurately representing themselves? Yeah. Uh, other than that, I feel like almost everything has changed. So like, what I. Uh, so when I started, there was no take home and it was you did a phone screen that was technical and then came in and did an on the paper test. Like in person. Scribbling. Pick, yeah, wow. in person. And then you had an interview afterwards, so they graded it. Oh, my God. Yeah. This and then giving, asked This you is questions. giving me anxiety. And it's, yeah, no, it's it was a, a very anxiety-driven yeah. process. I thought this tests were done at school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I legit thought that's, like, the fun part about work is that there are no rules and you don't have to do, like, a test. But now, like, the, the test would, like, make me so upset, right? Yeah. There's obviously weaknesses with that kind of made-up interview style. But, yeah, the test, <laughs> yeah. tests also give me... <laughs> um, and uh, And then... Also, whiteboarding was the other thing, right? Um, it's and like the classic, like Google style yeah. algorithms. Randy and I whiteboard yeah. every day. Yeah. <laughs> whiteboard in the morning, whiteboard in the night, whiteboard for like midday whiteboard. We know our red black trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're constantly whiteboarding computer science algorithms. Yeah, 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 yeah. All into, data, it, my, yeah. my day is purely data structures. Yeah. It's purely, it's, we only deal in data structures. Um, and, uh, and so, like, but like, I feel like by the time I left Meetup, my favorite interview process was basically completely different. No test, no take home, a 30 minute, basically get to know you phone screen and then come in for a hour and a half, uh, pairing session on a problem on a contrived problem, uh, that we'd come up with, with someone with two people on the team. Cool. Um, so, so it's a pair programming where you use three people total interview yes. and interview and then, and, and then two engineers. And yeah. the, the reason for the two engineers is you get one person who's there to more observe and one person who's actually working yeah. side by side. Cool. Yeah. Uh, cause it's nice to, it's nice to have that dynamic. Yeah. Uh, and then a one hour, um, like whiteboarding session, but not writing code, mostly writing, thinking about like bigger system architecture. So it's like, and if you were to build this feature, level. how to build this feature. Exactly. Like yeah. what, yeah. How would we do the database? Like, would we build microservices? Would we, you know, like sort of like walk through that process? Um, and maybe do write a little bit of code in there, but like, you know, very like basic stuff, nothing, uh, nothing too fancy. And that's what it was at when you left Meetup. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was my preferred, it is a big company, so there are lots of different, but that was my last team. That was our, what we had uh, settled on as a process. Cool. So having seen just kind of like you kind of move from paper paper tests all the way yeah. to just switching more to like uh, pair programming, whiteboarding more about architectural questions, um, and also just phone screen. I guess one thing I 
I've seen a lot, and I'm curious what Kirk thinks about this. Yeah. Like, I've seen so many people basically say they're interviewing for places and get totally tripped up on whiteboarding tests, specifically like algorithms tests, things like yep. that. Like, can you just talk to like what what the logic is there for people who even ask those things, and then like why you? It sounds like you were just like this is doesn't even make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah like, what is yeah. that a test of? And then so yeah. there are some things <laughs> that. Uh, there are some things that make sense about like certain kinds of jobs where maybe you want someone to have an understanding of building computers, like, you know, known computer science algorithms. Yeah. Like one thing is that they're easy, easy to test. And if you're going to be working where you're going to be writing a lot of algorithms and you're going to need to build on what's already been there, totally makes sense. I, for most of my career, like building websites, building <coughs> apps, building APIs that interact with databases, you don't need to know, you don't need to really worry about if you remember how to do like uh, um, like a quicksort or something, yeah. right? Quicksort, right? Like you don't. It doesn't matter because the programming languages actually take care of that for you. Yeah. Like what what you want to know, and and the I think the thing is is that the the logic goes well. These are things that you even if you don't know them, like you can they, figure they, them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that ends up not being true though, because yeah. like either you probably know how to do like a like binary sort or like you don't. Yeah. Like you probably, you know, like you either know like, oh, here's what I need to do to make this happen. You're probably, cause you're gonna get so nervous. You're probably not gonna think through like, okay, so like how would I actually go about implementing this thing? Yeah. And I'd much rather doing that kind of thing, actually walk through someone with like, here's a real problem. Because real problems tend to be a lot easier for someone to think about. Yeah. Because you're like, here's, you know, here's the situation I'm like, and, and real things that I've done with people, right, is like, in particularly, like, if I'm interviewing someone junior, and I want to know, like, what's your, like, familiarity with data structures? Because if you, because from experience interviewing people, like, sometimes you, like, talk to someone and you're like, all right, so do this thing. And it's yeah. like, oh, you don't know like when to use the different data structures that exist in the yeah. programming language, right? Yeah. And, that, and that actually like is a problem because you can <coughs> use the wrong data structure and end up in a situation where you've written, written all this convoluted code yeah. because you didn't know that you could just use a data structure that's like a hash map <laughs> that you would just look up the answer, yeah. Yeah. right? It's like you're looping through an array, yeah. like trying to, you know, and it's like, it doesn't make sense. You, uh, you want the test to simulate the work as closely as possible. Right. Like yeah. all the decisions, the context, the environment. Right. Versus like an abstract problem. And I think a lot of that is based off people interviewing from universities where like that's what you study in universities is the more theoretical stuff, right? Exactly. And then that doesn't clearly map unless you're like in a very specific systems engineering type thing. Most people are doing app level stuff. It's a different kind of engineering, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, and it's tricky because um, you want, it's really tough coming. And I think that colleges have started to change, uh, but it's really difficult like coming right out of college. Yeah into your first job. And this is why like Google has all the, you know, Google and big companies have these like programs where it's like, all right, new it, like, you know, the fundamentals now yeah. learn how like people actually do code. Yeah. Right. Cause that's like, not something that, uh, like how people actually work together. Cause it's yeah. not something you are always being taught in college. Yeah. I, I, I guess, uh, one, one thing Kirk always mentions is how, uh, company's interview process is a pretty good signal of what the company is like yeah. internally. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I guess, uh, it's a canary in the coal mine. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. If you get like ghosted for two weeks by the recruiter and then they call you back and they're like, no, hey, what's up? Yeah. You're like, OK, so you're really disorganized. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess like uh, was that something you were, you were conscious of when you were you're a recruiting manager or yeah. recruiting people? Excuse me. 
Uh, I think one of the things that like a manager, like a hiring manager can do is like, you have to think of it like, you have to think of the people who are coming in, right? Is like people coming into your restaurant, right? It's like, you want to serve them. You're a host. Right. You're a host and you want to, you want them to have the best experience they can have. Yeah. Uh, and if you're like not doing that, then like, why would someone want to come work for yeah. your company? Yeah. Uh, when was that an avant-garde thought? Like what point in the meetup period was that like... <laughs> You, you know, I think like ahead of the curve. You know, I think despite despite all of the, I think despite all of the the issues, where it was like these, you know, I, I think Meetup always did kind of put its like was always very, very like uh, you know put its best foot forward, uh-huh. despite the like you know doing sort of these antiquated things because I think those were actually so common at the time <coughs> that it didn't seem that weird. Um, but I remember um, working with my counterpart to like I mean I've done this a couple times, but. Uh, and my first job managing engineers, me and my counterpart, um, basically, uh, we managed a team, split it in half. Yeah. Uh, and we together basically came up with a new, uh, a new hiring process because what we wanted was we wanted people who actually knew how to do the job that needed to be done, yeah. uh, which isn't always what you want to hire for. Like It really depends on where the company is, but we really felt like we had a need for, we need some people who like really know how to get these things done. And so they can come in and sort of like hit the ground running faster. Was right? Meetup really clear about what skills they needed? Like very clear with the definition of what like success looks like when you hire someone? Or was it more like archetypes? Um, like they more, want a senior person. I think more about, well, it depends on the on the time, yeah. right? I think bigger companies, the bigger a company gets, the more you attend to like focus on archetypes. So there was this conversation happening uh, in the engineering manager Slack about this and uh uh someone who i know who's very sagely this is why i'm, I'm saying it this way because i don't want to like take credit for this yeah uh, but is basically for your more senior engineers yeah you care less about uh you care less about specific skills and languages right and if you're a more junior engineers you care more about that because the if someone is super senior has been doing it a long time they'll be able to pick up the stuff uh, more easily. Whereas yeah. if you're more junior, you actually want to try to map the skills uh, directly to uh, what they're going to be doing because yeah. it sets people up better for success, right? Uh, because if you're a junior, you're learning the ropes of like how to build stuff, plus also now learning a new language. It's like not, it's, it's a lot to, a lot to burden someone and, with. And also to work with other people. Yeah, yeah, and just the dynamics of being on a software team in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or just, yeah, or like, just literally work. any team, yeah. right? I mean, that's the yeah. Working with more than one person. Yeah, like it's you know hiring like interns and stuff. You're like, oh right, yeah, working with people, a thing you don't know how to do. So I think for for more junior folks, it's like focusing a little bit more on on like skill, right? Like like what are your specific skills in? So not doing like what is your data structure? You know how how much do you know data structures and algorithms? Like you know write me. Read me quicksort or something. So, so um, what's a specific skill like knowing CSS? Right. So knowing uh, knowing CSS, familiar with JavaScript, right? Yeah. HTML uh, or Java if you're back at right. Like, did you do Java in college? Like yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, and less about. And then obviously, like, there's the like working with people on a team, which is like pretty, you know, non-trivial. It, non-trivial and like. Can, can you talk more about like just what that even means? It, so, like, just working with people on a team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds basic, but like, it's it's real. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, th- like problems that come up, right? Like uh, doing what you say you're going to do, right? It's like you said you would have this ticket done on this day. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay if you don't get it done on that just, day. Just let me know. But just like, let's communicate. Like communicating with people. Um, 
Another big thing that people run into is the balance between asking questions uh-huh. and working stuff out for yourself. Yeah. This is like the hardest yeah. for, for, Especially for, for junior new people, folks. Yeah. yeah. And also in software engineering, it's a very just read the, read the manual culture in general. Right. Right. And even if you have a really, and the, there's the other side though, is that you get probably like 70% of new engineers are going to just sort of like toil in like bang their head up against the wall for way too long and yeah. not ask anyone. Yeah. And then I've you have, there. and then you have 30% who ask too many questions and who are just like always constantly asking questions and like other people are like annoyed by them, which is also not a good, like you need to like, as a, you know, this is like a thing you watch out for as a manager. It's like, Hey, let's keep this like in a good place where you're asking enough (laughs) questions and you're also trying to figure out some stuff on your own. Yeah. It's really hard to strike that balance because you don't want to feel like you're too needy, but then you also don't want to feel like you're dumb. Yeah. It's like the, it's the balance, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think another, another thing that always comes to mind is debugging. Debugging and testing are also two. Those are like more. Those De- are actually like engineering. Debugging skills, is a legit skill, but they're like yeah. Yeah. they're. It's, it's a legit skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's what I mean. And, a, and the thing that I often think that uh, more junior folks end up doing is they run into a bug and they jump to the assumption that there's something wrong with something that they're using that's yeah. causing the bug and not their own code. <laughs> and it's like and like and the thing that you learn. As you as you get say more experience, it, you're it. like, oh, it's yeah, no, it's, it's almost always it's your code. almost always your code. Say yeah. that, <laughs> <laughs> almost always. Say that uh, for everyone. <laughs> so, so debugging, testing, yep. communication, asking the right number of questions at the right time. Yeah. Uh, what, what would be the progression? What was the progression for you for learning those things? Oh. And then, kind of like, what was the progression that you like kind of wanted to see on on teams of people that you're managing? Yeah. Um, so I think for me, it was interesting because of my initial, like six years with like not a ton of exposure to many other engineers other than like people on the internet and friends. Oh yeah. Cause you were basically solo. So, solo yeah. I mean, solo, like on and off, like it was sort of a, you know, sometimes like I had a boss who knew how to program, but like, then I didn't for like four years, I think. So meetup was like your first real like team environment with real colleagues it, and a exactly, real process right. and yeah. real code review. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Use, yeah. you know, <laughs> CBS extensively. That's wow. a version control system. Wow. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, so getting, uh, sort of up to speed on team dynamics. I remember one of the things that my first boss, uh, who I still hang out with on the regular, um, sort of, uh, did for me, was um, on the first big project I did, he we took the the code and then put it up on a um, put it up on a projector in a conference room, and we went through it like line by line. That's and he aw- that's awesome. He yeah, he basically was like, he's like here, he's like, I think you should refactor this. Like, here's how I would think about this, and didn't tell me specifically what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but just basically gave me sort of an overview of like it was basically like an interactive code review. Yeah. Um, where I could ask a lot of questions and also felt safe because it was just the two of us in a room. It wasn't like publishing the code out somewhere. That's yeah. very generous. Yeah. yeah. This is also before. But the thing is, though, is that like that, like really accelerated my learning because I was yeah. like, oh, here are all these things I'm doing wrong. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was actually super useful. And when you get someone who gives it to you like in a safe space, it actually makes it really great. Uh, and this is something that and it was something that, that was one of those things that like I picked up that I was like, oh, this is the thing that I will do for every new person yeah. I onboard. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, I, I feel like the most uh, one of the most common questions that come up in terms of just how to level up is basically how to get that kind of guidance on just because yeah. it, it, it's hard, right? It's basically an apprenticeship setup. Uh, it's really yeah, it's really generous to like yeah. have that that situation. Yeah, and and the truth is is that like I think you're not always going to get that from your boss. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, especially like if you're on a big team because your yeah. boss is probably too busy. Yeah. Um, and so I really like one thing like that we always tried to do, honestly, when my team was too big is to get our more senior, more experienced engineers to do these things with the more junior folks who were onboarding. Yeah. And that's also mm-hmm. like a big thing about uh, if you're hiring a lot of junior engineers, like you want to make sure you've got some some senior engineers in place. Yeah. And that's also kind of like unbundling the management aspect versus like the coaching aspect, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Like, yeah, yeah your manager is there to like watch yeah. over your career path and make sure yeah. you're heading in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can have a mentor who's just like sort of like helping you grow your craft. Cool. For, for uh, engineers at Meetup who are more junior, who weren't necessarily getting that kind of uh, code level apprenti- uh, uh, feedback, uh, what, what could you do with Lisa within the organization to help with that? Um, if anything at all. I, I mean, it's really difficult to do that if the organization isn't isn't sort of providing it. Yeah. Uh, I do think like the the other thing for for folks who aren't getting that because this is the thing, right? Is like not every company works like that, and I also feel like as companies get bigger, it's harder for them to work like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's easier for people to fall through the cracks. Yeah, um, and it really will depend on sort of like, and that's the thing is like you want to make sure people feel supported. Is like find an outside mentor. Yeah, who's going to do that kind of stuff for you. Uh, and the thing about that is, right, is like you gotta you gotta spend a little bit of time on that, unfortunately, yeah. and that should happen at the at work, but it's not always going to. It's almost like there's going to be a bunch of uh, services and platforms to uh, yeah. facilitate those kind of interactions, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I hear there's one called. <laughs> uh-huh. So, you were at Meetup. You saw a lot of things. You basically started with like being an individual at another company, coming in, working a team for the first time, then found yourself being a director, managing teams of teams by the time you left. I guess what was the big transition from working on a team in a job, like with other people to actually being able to like actually be a leader on a team. Cause I feel like there's so many people we talk to where uh, the kind of reaches like ceiling of like, yeah. I like I've gotten le- good at like learning how to communicate, how to like get the Jira board tickets where they need to go. Um, but for whatever reason, I feel like I'm not really sure how to just I don't know, do more. And I feel like I can do more. And I feel yeah. like I kind of have the energy to do more, at least the skill set to do more. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of open-ended. But, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, the best thing, um, that the best thing that you can do and the best thing that uh, people can do for you is let you take on leadership on smaller projects, right? Like that's, the, it's really great to be able to dip your toe in. Yeah. Uh, like take project lead on a very exactly specific be like yeah we're gonna we're doing this you know big refactor of like and and I think like mm-hmm. especially initially it's really good to focus on like a technical project right yeah and be like I'm gonna like, take the lead on this big refactor that we need to do why why a technical project as opposed to a uh, product level because or, or it's easier it's are... it's easier to get buy in mm-hmm. probably from your boss right like to to be like oh like I want to take lead on this I'll you know I'll run the board I'll run the meeting and yeah. you, like dip your toe in there and also see if you like it yeah. right yeah. and also probably is that uh, the interaction is probably limited to your boss right boss yeah. and other engineers right. as opposed to visibility across teams exactly right yeah. so you don't need to because you, you can to build up to your right you can build up to your cross team yeah, sort yeah. of you know communication thing what, what was one of the first if you remember like what was one of the first projects that you kind of went from just like mm-hmm. engineer to like leading tech tech leading something uh so my other answer is you can also join a growing company that's growing really fast because the other a, thing a fast growing startup yeah because oh, the other the other thing that scaling. happens is you can just get thrown in the deep end mm-hmm. um, so chaos yeah so I think the first the first like big project I did was uh, and I have a history of these at Meetup of mm-hmm. like 
projects, websites that like I built that don't exist don't anymore. Exist anymore. That's uh, we built this thing called Meetup Alliance. Uh, and the thing about it was Is it was everything prefixed by Meetup. Yeah, <laughs> correct. That's that's right. Uh, so um, basically, uh, it was this. Um, the idea behind it was basically like a container for groups of groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was like, oh, like we have all these groups about you know a certain topic or political movement or something is like a way Mm -hmm. and maybe they're not even on meetup. And so it was a way for them to sort of like share their, uh, basically like their high level stuff. Uh, And there was discussion boards and all this stuff. Um, And we, but anyway, so the long story short there is I initially joined the team because I needed another body and then basically became the lead on building out all of the front end functionality Cool. Um, and, and did a lot of the like product work and worked really closely with the designer and product mm-hmm. manager uh, to make that happen. When you, when you were brought onto that team, was it a conscious choice to be like, I want to like lead this team? Or was it more of just like, I guess I'm on this team now and I guess I need more people? Yeah, I I my, boss, about my boss saw it as like a growth opportunity for cool. me. Yeah. Um, maybe the question is like, how did you, why did your boss think it was a growth opportunity for you? Um, Which is a weird way of saying like, how do you convince your boss to like... Or how do, or how right. do they know what you want? Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, so like your boss should know what you want. They should be asking that question a, a lot. That's a big should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the other thing that you can always do is like tell your boss, right? Just but, like, hey, like this is where I want to move mm-hmm. because that will also, because if your boss doesn't know because they're not good at asking questions, which is a real thing that happens, um, telling your boss something like, hey, I'd really like to think about being a tech lead. Yeah. Um, that will really like, you know, sort of get their wheels turning about like, okay, so like how can we get how can we create opportunities for Randy to like do this? And, and, yeah. and this is something that you can like check in with your boss with on the regular. Like mm-hmm. if you have a weekly one-on-one, which like, you know, hopefully you have a weekly one-on-one or, or bi-weekly. What are some examples of people coming to you as an engineering director? Uh, where, like, these are the things that I want. Yeah. Or how even did you, how did an you engineering manager. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so yeah. Engineering manager yeah. probably better. Yeah. I mean, I have like a system where people like, you know, where we, we ask that question every month is cool. sort of like we talk about it and have a whole thing. Like, like a whole script is like, yeah. here are the three questions. Uh, or? I like the grow model, which is a, what it's it, like what one it, way to do it. What is that? It is, um, it is a thing. I forget where it was developed. Google was really into using it for a while. And, uh, a really great HR person that I worked with gave it to me at some point and was like, try this on your people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did, and it like worked well. And in that it, got people who weren't necessarily thinking about their career to think about their career cool. in a way that actually like made them happy. And so basically like how it works is I don't remember what the acronym exactly stands for. Um, but the idea, and, and you can just do this yourself, right? But the idea is basically you kind of list what you're doing now mm-hmm. and then you list what you like and don't like about what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, and so then that's like specific things. Like I like this, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you work through what you could do, right? Yeah. Uh, and then sort of the end of it is basically making a plan. It's like, okay, based on all this stuff. Uh, so, I, and this is something that like, I'm not involved in writing this. Yeah. Someone writes all this stuff down and then we talk about it. And then we come up with some like goals based on that. So, so during your one-on-one, so you would basically yeah. part one, check in, just like how are, like, yeah. how are things going project wise? Right. And every six months you do, we do the worksheet. You do the grow. Yeah. And then we come up with new goals. And then every month we check in on the goals because you don't want to check in on the goals every week because yeah. that's like, you know, yeah. who has time to do that every week? Yeah. Like once a month, it seems feels about right. So, so for you as a manager, I guess, what was um, 
What were examples of things people wanted that felt very actionable that you could actually help them with? Or examples that felt kind of out of bounds so you weren't really sure how to help with and therefore weren't necessarily as actionable? Yeah. I mean, like the easiest one, right, is like, I want to become a senior engineer. This mm-hmm. is something, you know, junior yeah. people. And that is actionable or not actionable depending on the person, right? Mm-hmm. So like if, if it's someone who is, is a ways away from doing that, and that also is like depending on your definition of that, which is yeah. like varies wildly across yeah. the industry. I mean, that's true, uh, honestly, any job title. Um, but uh, so if someone is ready, it's really, it's really easy to be actionable because you, you have certain skills that they should exhibit, right? And it's like, yeah. okay, so like, where, like what, what are you doing well and like, where are you struggling? And like, let's give you some more stuff to like help you along with some of the struggling stuff. Uh, how, and, how subjective are, is those evaluations of those skills? Like how much of it is like hard, like yes or no versus like your opinion projected on? Yeah, like were you like looking at a JD for like yeah. meetup, senior engineer, here are 10 things, do you, can like, you do six out of 10? Yeah, yeah. So um, to be candid about it, like over time. This is a candid space. Yeah, to be, to be candid about it, like over time, I got a lot, as a manager, I got a lot better about having, basically collecting more hard data yeah. about like actual things. And I think at the and this is like a thing that you like I think learned over time is at the beginning you kind of struggle with it and it's yeah. more like it's more like loose and and especially also as uh, it's a it's a framework right know? as companies yeah. are growing right it yeah. like it can be really hard to like even nail down yeah like what that stuff means yeah. and so I think it's a super uh, hard task to come up with very clear definitions on these roles yeah. that's like transferable it's hard um, yeah and that was like like honestly my biggest learning curve on that was when meetup got its last CTO uh, and she came on board and she was like, what is the deal with leveling here? And it was like, it was a mess. And so she was like, we're going to fix this. And then I got to, cause I was the only engineering director at the time. Uh, so I got to really work on that a lot. Yeah. Uh, and that was awesome. Cause I learned a ton. Yeah. Um, That's and awesome. it was really kind of like leveled me up to be like a real engineering director instead of like a fake one, uh, which, you know, is the, uh, so this is like different levels for different stages <laughs> of the company. It's like you're, you're uh, a real engineering director, yeah, yeah, to be well. You're, you're, oh, you're you. a real boy, well. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, so, so as a manager, you were really focused on getting people to do the grow model. Yep. So checking in about the day to day, then checking in the longer term stuff every six months. Yep. Seeing where you could, if people were ready for the thing they were asking for, was a big deal. Yep. That was subjective. Like Canada uh, was objective. And the other thing, the other thing too, is that like as much as possible. Um, and I think this is good advice is, is not telling people you want this, go do this, Yeah. yeah. but telling people you want this, what do you think yeah. you should be doing? You're and then like, how do I help you make that happen? You're how, always well, offering them a choice right at every stage. Right. And the thing is, is that we can talk through it. If they're like, I want to do this thing. And I was like, yeah. I don't think that's going to help you. Like, that's good. Yeah, like we yeah. should have that conversation, but I'd much, much, much rather have somebody really think about like, you know what they think they could do mm-hmm. and then like present that it's because it actually helps like as a manager, yeah. like as any manager, it really helps you because if someone like is like, this is what I think I need to do. And you're mm-hmm. like, no, that's wrong. Yeah. Like that's better than me just telling you what to do. Yeah. It's like, then we're both like learning and like, we also feel like you also feel like you're like in it together, right? Which you are. Yeah. That's the, that's yeah. the whole thing. There's a bit of an ebb and flow to it and it's more of a yeah. compromise or like collaboration, right? Right. Like, right. It should feel like a collaboration and <laughs> it really should be driven by the person because they're the one who like, as a manager, you're really just sort of like in service of like, what are your goals? How can I help you? Is like yeah. one way to like think about it. And I imagine that framework also gives them autonomy in their own career development. Yeah. Right. And kind of gives you, to your point about being in service, 
kind of positions you like purposely as someone who like can act, give you like sponsor you in terms of, like right. this project, do this yeah. other thing, whatever. As opposed to you just telling them top down. Uh, and, the, and the thing also is like as, as a manager or someone higher up, you might have more visibility into like the options that are available. Yeah. And so a thing that I've done for people is do a thing where they're like, I really want to work on like these specific kinds. Of, I want to like, you know, flex a skill here. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I know a lot about front end. I don't know a lot about back end. And so like a thing that I'll do as a manager, right, is like I know what's coming down the pike. I know what teams might be formed. I know we're going to change a team. Yeah. And that also makes it really easy for me to be like, hey, so hang tight for mm-hmm. a month because there's an opportunity that I think that we can get you into. And then as a manager, then I go around and, you know, see if I can actually make so it So you're happen. like putting together the puzzle of the different constraints, yeah. what someone wants, what the team needs, right? Like right. Right. And trying to fit it together. Doing it together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Trying to fit it together as best we can. Yeah. Uh, and that's the other thing, too, is the other thing is to like set good expectations with your people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also to have people like I think to have... Uh, you know, people who are starting out to understand that, like, there are all these, like, business constraints. This is something that, like, when I became an engineering director was sort of, like, became much more impressed upon me mm-hmm. in terms of, like, oh, right, there's, like, we are running a business here. It's constraint solving. That's really what it is. Right? right. And it's, like, as a manager, I'm always, like, fighting for whatever I can get for my people. Yeah. And as an engineering director, I'm, like, sitting on a different layer yeah. where it's, like, I'm being pushed from both sides. It's, like, we can't move the, that many people onto that team. <clears throat> right. So it's, like, mm-hmm. okay, it's, like, we got to, you know. Uh, and try and making sure you're like setting expectations with everybody, so everyone understands. Like you're not going to get everything you want. Like we, just, yeah. we can't do it. So, so one takeaway I'm, I'm getting from what you're saying is, from an individual level, you basically are kind of you, you get out of the mode of just being a line level engineer by basically finding different opportunities to kind of lead some initiative. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly easier to find new initiatives in a fast growing you know company nice. than is like just one that's stable because there's more work than people always. Yeah. 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 Uh, it sounds like the second part is having a relationship with your manager to view your manager less as like someone who's like going to magically promote you and more of like someone who basically like just has a understanding of just the different opportunities that are popping up. Yeah. Yep. It's basically working with them. It's almost like a broker of like which opportunity can I like yep. find. Yeah. And, right. And, and if your manager's not asking you like tell them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I tell them in a nice way cause you know, they're, they're your friend. <laughs> they're a person too. Yeah. They're, they're, they're a person. Yeah. <laughs> so, Let's say you're able to get yourself in a in a in a position of basically leading more projects. Like it sounded like you were kind of the thing of Will became the guy to like start new things. And yeah, I guess how do you tra- how do you transition that officially into just you being an actual tech lead, whatever that even means? Because there are lots of different titles for that. But yeah, how I'm, do you actually transition like that kind of like once you start like having a few of those like notches? Like how do you actually make that a thing? How do you make the position kind of match the work that you're doing if you're kind of proactively doing? Yep. It? Um, so this is another thing where like you need to really be on your manager about it. So, and this is like, I think if you feel like you, your manager isn't giving you clear expectations Mm -hmm. about like what's, what you need to do to get to the next level, um, then like you need to keep asking Yeah. Uh, yeah, because there isn't like, that's the, like the, um, like, I mean, part of the problem is, is that like, you know, companies are weird and have like different weird rules about like how those things work, which and there's is always, always politics and constraints. And yeah. Or just like, yeah, happening. like, yeah. Culture of the company, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, uh, definitely keep pushing on your manager for the, like, you know where I want to go. Am I getting close? Like, am I getting warmer? Am yeah. I getting closer? Like, you know, and I think a lot of times a uh, manager won't be able to tell you exactly when, Yeah, uh, but they can hopefully tell you like, yes, you're progressing in the right way. 
and that's the thing I think as a you know as someone who wants to to move up, like make sure you're asking for that. Yeah. Make sure make sure you're bringing that to your whatever. Hopefully you've got the weekly one on one. Make sure you're bringing it to the one on one. Like how am I doing? Yeah, this is where I want to be. Like how am I doing? What else do I need to do? Uh, and then the other thing about what else do I need to do is sometimes we've talked about this before. Yeah. Uh, someone says something like, you know, oh, well, you know, you need to brush up on your data structures and algorithms, right? And you're like, well, like, the thing is, is I think as a, uh, that's, I think that's kind of, like, kind of a cop-out from the manager. Yeah. But, uh, but I think the, as a, as a person, if that's happening to you, like, definitely follow up with the, like, okay, like, why do you think that? Mm-hmm. Because you want to get your manager, like, this is also, like, a managing up thing, is you want to get your manager to tell you, give you specific examples yeah. so that you can actually like whatever behavior needs to whatever behavior like they're seeing yeah it's like you actually want to get the specific example uh and you want to like make them think about it too it's like what is the example like what am i actually asking for <laughs> do you uh, think that this is like yeah this is like managing your boss which is yeah hopefully you don't have to do I, th- I think like you're also presenting like a relatively like happy path so like what happens when like you try and your manager doesn't or doesn't want to doesn't have capable to do it or they engage, but it's like almost like a form of gatekeeping. Like they don't fully want to give you what you want. They keep adding kind of more requirements. Like, have you seen that? What's what's your what's your thoughts on like as an IC the way to kind of work through the like bigger hurdles? Like I think you're describing someone like you, which I yep. think is like a good manager who, who will like listen, right? Right. Yeah. And you can't assume that's everyone, right? Right. <laughs> it's add even even more basic questions. Yeah. It's like, how do you know when you're just basically being dragged on? Like, yeah. you know, or you're yeah. being you're being stonewalled. Right? Yeah. It's like it's been right. six months and this hasn't changed. Like, yeah. you know. Right. I mean, so there isn't like, I mean, the thing that is sort of unfortunate about this is that like, there isn't a ton that you can do other than like, bring up that you have noticed this to your boss and be like, Hey, it's been six months. Like it, you know, like it, I mean, if you want to talk about, like, if you want to have like, if you want to have like, dash (laughs) merit.com. Right. Right. So, right. So like, I think you're talking about like the manager is kind of the conduit in a lot of these organizations. So like your relationship and your communication style with your manager is directly tied to your ability, your like upward mobility. That's, that's what I'm kind of reading. Absolutely. Right. And And, and the the access to those opportunities. And if you're no longer feeling like the opportunities are available to you, then that, yeah. Right, that's, a, that's it, an awareness it, of itself. Exactly, and you like the the first thing to do is make your make your boss aware of that, mm-hmm. and the second thing to do if nothing changes, like yeah, go get another job. Yeah, yeah, like because you're probably ready to do it. Yeah, uh, and if you're not ready, like you're you know your boss should be telling you that. Yeah, like yeah. there's yeah, I mean it, there's only there's only so like if you're if your boss is blocking you from like moving up in a way that you think you're ready for mm-hmm. like. And, you know, in by pointing it out there, you're not getting anywhere with them. Like there's a certain point where you just need to, you know, decide to move on. So you were talking about the the case we were talking about earlier where it's someone saying, hey, I'm doing well at my job. Uh, I'm like comp- I'm leading more projects or like I can, like, can show at least, you know, self-direction, things like that. But my manager is basically saying in order to like become a tech leader, be a manager, like I need to like, you know, brush up my data structures, like do more algorithms, like learn more like quote unquote technical chops, like. What is that? Because I've heard that so many times from people who sign up. But yeah, like what is that? It just sounds like loaded it, on so many fronts. <laughs> right. It so it sounds like gatekeeping to me personally. It is right. It, it is probably almost absolutely gatekeeping. <laughs> or I mean, the thing the thing is, is that like you also don't like and, and gatekeeping in the sense is like 
you you keep adding more requirements to someone to make it seem farther off, and it's more avoiding the conversation that you don't think they deserve or the skill, right? So you keep adding more stuff. Right. Yeah, the test keeps right, changing. Exactly. You're not pass and the, test. the goalposts keep moving. Right. I and think this, that's probably the better. Yeah. That's yeah. The better. <laughs> and this is why my like my advice in those situations is this is a time to like manage your manager mm-hmm. and push back a little bit. Like, okay, so like, what are the instances in the past six months that you've seen? Yeah. Where my lack of knowledge of data, like, like, what is it that's happening? Yeah. Because I want, I want a specific example so that I can help, you know, so that I can actually move forward. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest, like, very likely your manager doesn't have a specific example. Otherwise, they would have, like, given it to you. Mm-hmm. And so that's something. And the thing is, though, is that what you're going to train, what you're training your manager to do a little <laughs> bit, though, is the next time yeah. they give you that feedback, they're going to come with some specific stuff. And that can be good because then that's stuff you can work on. Or... Uh, or if they don't, then go find another job. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't need to, you know, that's the thing is you don't need to. Um, Software engineering jobs are in high demand. Right. Here. There are still a lot of them and they're still in very high demand, uh, especially, you know, in certain parts of the country, New York City, lots of stuff happening here. Um, and so, and the thing is, is that like, you don't have to feel bad about that. It's not like you have to go in your one-on-one and be like, I quit, like go. Mm-hmm. Talk to some so, rec- so don't quit on the first one. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, talk to some recruiters, figure it out. And then also, like, a- other thing that can happen is, like, if you love the place you... If you love everything about the place you work except for this one thing, mm-hmm. um, you can still go out and talk to some other companies and get an offer. Mm-hmm. And if the offer is, like, super compelling, you can take it. If it's not super compelling, like, your company might do a counteroffer if they like mm-hmm. you. What, what do you mean by a counteroffer? So, uh, a lot of times if you go in, so I, this actually, uh, so this is another story that happened to me. Um, when I first became a manager at meetup, uh, it was really tough for me. I wasn't, um, I was sort of put in a role of management overnight. Like it actually like overnight, like one morning I came in and the CTO basically was like, Hey, like we should, we need to talk. Uh, and I a, like came a in. lot of managers become managers like this. Yeah. And he took me, <laughs> so he took me into a room. Uh, and he was like, hey, so I just want you to let you know that we let your boss go this morning. Um, and congratulations, you're being promoted <laughs> to lead. What and a whammy. You, you and this other guy, Justin, are going to run the team. So, and that, like, and the thing was, is that, like, I mean, right, this is, like, a thing that happens to people. Uh, but it was pretty intense. And because of that, like, I was pretty close with my boss. Mm-hmm. And so, like, after about, like, six months, I was just feeling super burnt out. Like, just, you know, because I was leading a bunch of projects, still programming full time, plus managing three people. Like it was just, you know, I was pulled in all these directions and just feeling really burnt out. Um, And so... You were not set up for success? I was not set... Right. I was was kind of just thrown in the deep end and been like, you'll be fine. You're good with people. It's You're fine. Uh, Which is totally not true. And I also like did not know how to manage, um, like, I didn't know how to manage all of the stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No one. No one does. Yeah. Well. No one does. Like, no yeah. one no, does. Yeah. And that's the like, thing you learn is that no one should be doing that. Yeah. You get you get a lot better at it over time and deliberate practice, yeah. but no one gives you a manual of like how to be a parent, right? Or how to like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, basically, uh, because of that, I went. I, I, I like caught up with my old boss, and we uh, and he was like, "Hey, you want to come work at the new company I'm at?" And uh, and I was like, "Yeah." So I like went in for an interview. It was like the weirdest interview process in the world. Uh, cause it was like, I met like two people. We didn't really even talk about programming. And then they were just like, do you like, here's money. It was just like a coffee chat and like, yeah, contract. no, it was like, I knew I was going to interview, Yeah, but there was like no interview. 
No evaluation of your technical. No, about, yeah, because the thing was, my boss was like, "Will's great," and so I get they were like, "All right." Um, There's pros and cons to that method, as we've it, learned. Correct. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, because so, of that, and so they like made me an offer like on the spot, uh, but I didn't sign any paperwork. So they were like, "We'll get you the paperwork." And, and so this is an op. So basically, you're six months into being a manager, you go get a job offer from like your uh, yeah. your old boss's new company, and basically you're kind of like fork in the road. Right. What do I do? Uh, well, right, but I had the, that decision made for me because oh. um, another meetup person worked at the office, oh. and they called uh, the CEO of Meetup and told them that they saw me in the office. Oh, so then, yeah, no. So then, uh, over the weekend, what? my bo- my boss at Meetup sent me a text message or called me on the phone. This is a long time ago. Wow, this is super weird. Uh, and then he was like, "Hey, can we talk?" And so, like, I, you know, he's like, "Meet me at this bar because we live pretty close to each other." Uh, it was like the afternoon, too. It's a long time ago. I yeah. was younger. It's a 3 p.m. Uh, bar meetup. Exactly. It was a Saturday. Um, but And and it was basically like, what's going on? I hear, I'm hearing these things. And it, and then basically, like, what he told me, and this is like a good boss moment, he was like, listen, if you're not happy, like, we really want to keep you. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll give you, one, we'll, like, bump up your salary and give you more money. And two, like, if you don't want to manage people, like, we can make that happen right now. Like, that, we'll, yeah. we'll do that. Great. Yeah, yeah. And that was actually, awesome. that was why I stayed, is because I'd love the company, it's just I was really unhappy with like how I'd been thrown in the deep end and didn't yeah. feel like I had any support. I thought at the time that I just hated managing people. No, and it turns out that e- that's not everyone, true. Everyone, <laughs> everyone thinks that. It's it just it sounds like not, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds like you really enjoyed me, me yeah. managing people. It sounds like you just had too much stuff on your plate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I honestly didn't know if I enjoyed managing people at that point, but I was like, you know, like eventually I learned. Like when I got back to managing people, um, I learned that I do actually enjoy it, especially like. One, having gotten some experience, like, which is always like, you know, a good thing to like get some experience and then, yeah, uh, go back. But it was, yeah. So was it awkward to have that whole interaction? I mean, it sounds like you had like a very awkward like version of it. Yeah, right. It was incredibly awkward uh, because, um, I mean, I was also like initially when, you know, he had like, I I think texted me. I was sort of like, am I going to get fired? Yeah. yeah. You always right? assume the you're, worst. Like when you're yeah. mad, you're like, oh, I'm going to die. Yeah. They're going to kill They're going to kill me. Right. And that's not what they want. They were, they were like, no, we really want to keep you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like the thing people forget a lot is that, especially in the, you know, software team roles, like it's so much harder to find people that like, yes. you know, to, yes. to have people on board. Yep. And then second level is so much harder to ha- like to basically um, get people uh, up to speed with like your organization. Mm-hmm. So the cost of the, the organization on a pure brutal is like just costs in dollars and cents. Yeah. Like the cost is so much higher yeah. than like losing someone. It's like they're probably not going to fire you. Like unless you're like doing your, like, if you're doing your job badly, obviously mm-hmm. that's a different thing, but right. like they probably actually want, actually want to keep you as much as possible. Right. And yeah. especially if, yeah. if you're not getting the signal from your boss that they don't want you there. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, you know, whatever. I mean, there's like good ways to have that signal in yeah. bad ways, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, but the, and that's the, also the thing about going out and interviewing, especially if you're feeling undervalued, is if another company values you more. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like then you, you know that at least someone thinks that you have that value, which is like one, it's and like I, good for your good yeah. for your heart. Yeah. Right. Because you're like, all oh, right, I can do this. Yeah. Because uh, you're probably feeling pretty beat down at this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and two, like if you go back to your company and they don't want to make any changes. They don't want to change your salary. They don't want to change mm-hmm. your p- title potentially, right? Or, or give you a promise. It's a good signal yeah. that that company doesn't value you. Yeah. So you should go to a different company. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's kind of the beauty of like, you know, just having the different you know place you can go to, right? It's just realizing that another Kirk phrase is like, good jobs end. Like sometimes the yep. point where the job ends, yeah. you know? Yep. Like, all, all good. 
think it's fuck from the wire. All good cases end. That's the point. (laughs) 